in the holy name of Jesus Christ. It's always a, a privilege and a special joy when multiple bodies can come together, those who are like-minded in the gospel and who desire to uh, worship their creator and king. And that is our opportunity here this evening. I want to thank the Buckner Restoration Branch for hosting us this night and also next week. And the next two evenings will be uh, located at South Chrysler. Our theme for the series and also tonight is When Holy Ghost Shall Come in Power. As our theme that our brother will be uh, speaking to and the theme of our service here this evening. As far as our, our future meetings go in the, in the following weeks, Brother Rick Rogers will be speaking next week here at the Buckner Restoration Branch. And Joe Howen will speak on August 6th at the South Chrysler Restoration Branch. And Wes Ferrillo will speak on August 13th also at the South Chrysler Restoration Branch. Those serving with me here uh, this evening are Elder Morris Jones from the Mount Zion Restoration Branch on, on your left. And then... Um, Elder Scott Nixon from the South Crystal Restoration Branch will be given our spoken word here this evening. Elder Justin Jones will offer our, our benediction. And my name is Brett Stevenson from the New Jerusalem Restoration Branch. I would like to just offer a, a polite reminder if you have any phones or electronic devices. We'd appreciate if you could mute those so those aren't a potential distraction here for our worship service this evening. And also... Uh, there will be refreshments served after uh, the service here this evening, and we're grateful for the ladies who have prepared that for, for our enjoyment. At this time, we will have a special music.
from the words of Nephi, we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children might know to what source they may look for a remission of our sins. And I trust that we all know that that source is Jesus Christ himself. He is the object of our worship here this evening. And I trust that as we come and that we uh, enter into this period of worship in humility of heart, with desires to uh, praise him and to acknowledge him as King of kings and Lords of lords, we can't help but be blessed by our uh, coming together here this evening. And our hope and desire is, is that we honor the Lord and we praise him and we bless him in this service here this night. I'd like to read for a scripture setting for our service from the Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verse 4. Wherefore, I, the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth, called upon my servant Joseph Smith, Jr., and spake unto him from heaven, and gave him commandments, and also gave commandments to others, that they should proclaim these things unto the world, and all this that they might be fulfilled, which was written by the prophets. The weak things of the world shall come forth and break down the mighty and strong ones, that man should not counsel his fellow man, neither trust in the arm of flesh, but that every man might speak in the name of God, the Lord, even the Savior of the world, that faith might also increase in the earth, that my everlasting covenant might be established, and that the fullness of my gospel might be proclaimed by the weak and the simple unto the ends of the earth, to the ends of the world, and before kings and rulers. Let's turn in our hymnals to hymn number 453. We will stand for the singing of this, after which Brother Morris Jones will offer us an invocation. Hymn 453.
with me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this night, Father, to praise you, to sing of you, to pray to you, Father, to ask a blessing. We need you very much, Father. We have failed you many times, but we come as a repentant people desiring to hear your word in depth, to learn, Father, to be witnesses of your Son in life and in word and in deed. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to listen and to feel your Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you for all the many, many blessings we have. We live so well. And yet there are people within our neighborhoods that need you desperately. Please help us, Father, to remember that commandment to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Please be with our speaker tonight, Brother Scott. Please open his mind and his heart to your word, your ways. We need you. Thank you, Father, for the many blessings we have, including this service tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our scripture reading this evening comes... From John chapter 14, if you'd like to read along with me, it's relatively short, verses 15 through 18, and this speaks to our theme this evening. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you.
thank you for the beautiful way in which you have come in to worship this night. I hope you've been able to feel the presence of the Good Spirit. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing when the saints gather for worship and when they do so having prepared the Lord meets them and blesses them and I hope it's been my prayer and I can sense it's been your prayer too that the Father of Heaven will meet us here this night as we've gathered to worship thank you so much for your preparations it's a joy to be here tonight I feel like I need to maybe apologize to the Buckner Restoration Branch, though. I spoke here in April, and I spoke at your retreat three weeks ago, and again tonight, and I just feel like I'm going to wear out your kind welcome. But uh, thank you for your patience. I do greet all of you in the wonderful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we've come to worship this night. As we uh, seek, dear saints, to look upward together in awe of our great and holy and glorious God, our pastors have presented us with a wonderful theme for tonight and for the following three weeks, when Holy Ghost shall come in power. And to help us continue in worship, I would like for us to uh, read direct from the scriptures a couple of verses, actually a little bit. I want us to hear these words, and I'm going to read it somewhat slowly because I want us to think of these words, these worshipful words. First, I want to read from section 38, 1A and B and then 2A and C, and then I'm going to jump over to section 22. Thus saith the Lord your God, even Jesus Christ, the great I Am, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the same which looked upon the wide expanse of eternity, and all the seraphic hosts of heaven before the world was made, the same which knoweth all things, for all things are present before mine eyes. I am the same which spake, and the world was made, and all things came by me. I am the same which have taken the Zion of Enoch into mine own bosom, But behold, verily, verily, I say unto you that mine eyes are upon you. I am in your midst, and you cannot see me. But the day soon cometh that ye shall see me, and know that I am, for the veil of darkness shall soon be rent, and he that is not purified shall not abide the day. Wherefore, gird up your loins and be prepared. Behold, The kingdom is yours, and the enemy shall not overcome. And I want to begin reading in section 22, 
Paragraph 17, beginning with C. Blessed art thou, Moses, for I, the Almighty, have chosen thee, and thou shalt be made stronger than many waters, for they shall obey thy command even as if thou wert God. And lo, I am with thee even unto the end of thy days, for thou shalt deliver my people from bondage, even Israel, my chosen. And it came to pass as the voice was still speaking, he cast his eyes and beheld the earth, yea, even all the face of it. And there was not a particle of it which he did not behold, discerning it by the Spirit of God. And he beheld also the inhabitants thereof, and there was not a soul which he beheld not. And he discerned them by the Spirit of God. And their numbers were great, even as numberless as the sand upon the seashore. And he beheld many lands, and each land was called earth, and there were inhabitants on the face thereof. And it came to pass that Moses called upon God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, why these things are so, and by what thou madest them. And behold, the glory of God was upon Moses, so that Moses stood in the presence of God, and he talked with him face to face. And the Lord God said unto Moses, For mine own purpose, if I made these things, here is wisdom, and it remaineth in me. And by the word of my power I have created them, which is mine only begotten Son, who is full of grace and truth. Throughout our scriptures, we've been given these beautiful testimonies, so many Passages that we can turn to and read and worship. These things are given such that it might help us know our Heavenly Father. It helps us open our eyes to the glory of God, to His holiness, and to His power. But really it's the opening of our eyes spiritually that is the greatest work, or the greater work. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Lord can show us these things in an instant if he chooses to do so. Any one of us. But to truly benefit from it, it's the inner man which must receive and understand the truth of it all. And so be filled to understand his glory, to understand his might and his holy purposes. His power, if ever we are to be filled with the fullness that he intended us for, for us to have. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. This should be a fullness of knowledge, yes. But it also has to be a fullness of understanding. To think and try to imagine the scene. Our Lord Jesus looking Seeing with his eyes before the worlds were created, looking upon, as he said, the seraphic host of heaven, what that must look, have looked like and felt like. As all things were created spiritually before they were created physically. And to seek an understanding of things spiritual and things 
physical, to know that Jesus Christ made all and did so with a holy purpose in mind for every part of it. There are reasons why things are as they are. All things that he has made bear record of him. All things. Are we growing in an understanding of things such as this? If not, why aren't we? We were not created to merely run the course of a meaningless life. We were created to be what? The sons and daughters of God. That's what we were created to be. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit to move us towards this purpose, this holy purpose in God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And then in verse 11 it says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, except he has the spirit of God. And then in verse 14 through 16, we learn that all these things must be spiritually discerned. And the verse closes with these words. But we have the mind of Christ. Think about that. We have the mind of Christ. Brothers and sisters, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Ghost. And he's willing to open the eyes that have not yet seen and ears that have not yet heard those greater things that are spoken of in the scriptures and all those mysteries that lay before us yet. Jesus Christ, the only name whereby the greater callings of life can be found. For that matter, where anything in life can be found. And I love this example given in this experience that we just read, of Mo- that Moses had. And throughout those words of scripture we, we read, I read it just then, that it was by his Holy Spirit such that the things he saw weren't just seen for the sake of seeing them, but discerned every particle, discerned for a far greater purpose than just merely seeing these wonderful sights. And without his Holy Spirit working in us, also these become just words on a page or a vision in our minds left for us to use our own vain imaginations. But with the Spirit over time, or in an instant, either one, He expands our understanding. He gives to us in this way vision and understanding by the Spirit to allow His purposes to be seen and understood. Why? So holy things 
can be properly handled. It's part of our calling. As we think about the coming forth of God's great and holy city upon this earth again. To be able to handle holy things. In much the same way, by His Spirit, this added discernment allows us to understand how His gospel is intended to come alive in us. And how the ordinances and the sacraments are not just hoops for us to jump through, but are intended with holy purpose to teach us the feeling of righteousness. To understand what it is to be holy. And to come to the realization that a holy life in this world is within reach. Yea, it is our calling. We so often speak of the basics, but we're called to break the bands that bind us. And I believe it's so important that we remember here, especially as we have this topic before us for the next few weeks, it's so important to understand perfectly why we begin our services in the name of Jesus Christ. Why we are taught to pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. And why our baptisms and our blessings and our ordinations and our confirmations are all done in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is because, brothers and sisters, there's no other name. He who created us is teaching us is with us, sharing with us, and calling us ever higher. There's no other name than Jesus Christ. He created us. He sees every one of us all at once. No undivided attention, or constantly undivided, undivided attention, I mean to say. As hard as that is for us to comprehend, there's no other name under the heavens whereby salvation comes. There's no other name by which God the Father hears the prayers of the saints or anyone else. This is Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of each of our faiths. It's a personal work. He opened the eyes and mind of Moses to see and behold and discern every particle of the earth and the face of every soul. This, dear saints, is the shared mind of Jesus Christ. That's what the Spirit is. We believe in God the Father and Christ the Son and the Holy Ghost. God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is the Godhead. Two personages, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is the mind of God the Father and Christ the Son. The mind of the Godhead, the strength, the force, the energy, and the power which comes forth into our lives. As Christ possesses the same mind with the Father, so it is that this mind is the Holy Spirit sent forth unto life, unto knowledge. I love a little verse I found in Psalm 104. 
taking the middle out. It says very simply, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created by the spirit. Everything moves. And ultimately, so it is that we are called to keep his commandments and grow up from grace to grace. To become heirs of the heavenly kingdom and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And to possess the same mind. Think of that. Possess the same mind. Being transformed into the same image. And these thoughts come, of course, from the lectures of faith. I'm afraid we don't often enough consider this part of our calling. How we're called to be one with Him, with our Lord Jesus, even as God the Father and Christ are one with each other. And surely we see that God is willing to open the doors of heaven to help achieve this in many of the examples throughout our scriptures. We have a word of those who in this life, who have become closest to our Lord, that there was a point in their experience together where he showed them something beyond, something outside of this world. We just read how Moses was shown the expansion and the the greatness and, and, and the movement of coming forth of creation. We can recall that Peter, James, and John stood upon the Mount of Transfiguration with Christ and with Moses and with Elias, an out-of-this-world experience, if you will. Elijah saw the temple doorway shake as he knelt before the throne of God. And we know of another story, a testimony of the brother of Jared when he came to Christ in prayer with such faith asking that the stones be touched, that he saw the finger of the Lord part the veil and touch those stones to light those barges. And you might remember in that first chapter of Ether that then the Lord asked him a question. Now please understand that the Lord never truly needs to ask a question, does he? So when we see the Lord ask a question and it's recorded in the scriptures, we know it is to make a point. And here in Ether 172, we have these words. And the Lord said unto him, Because of thy faith, thou hast seen that I shall take upon me flesh and blood, and never has man come before me with such exceeding faith as thou hast. For were it not so, ye could not have seen my finger. And then the Lord asked him this question. Sawest thou more than this? I think this is for you and for me today. This is for you and me. And it's another beautiful example of how the Lord always works with us. Seeking to grow our faith. Making us sink. He who is the author and finisher of our faith for each of us. It's a personal work that he has taken on. This is his work and his glory. In Christ, there is a constant desire to share his life with us. A constant desire for us to become one with him 
even as the Father and Son are one. And I really believe that the brother of Jared, you might say, uh, hit a home run out of the park with how he answered this question. Verse 73 says, and he answered, when the Lord asked him, sawest thou more than this? He answered, nay, Lord, show thyself unto me. Think for a minute how you would have answered that question. How would you have answered that question? Are we content with a little? Or do we really want all of it that he has to give us? And as you know, another question was then asked, Believest thou the words which I shall speak, he said. And he answered, Yea, Lord, I know that thou speakest the truth, for thou art a God of truth, and canst not lie. And when this was said, the Lord redeemed him from the fall, bringing him back into his presence. Therefore he showed himself to him, letting him know that he saw him in the form of his spirit, but that the day would come in the future that he would appear before his people in a body of flesh. And so we have these wonderful testimonies and examples in Scripture of how the Lord calls us and is willing to show us things beyond this world. Indeed, when the Holy Ghost comes in power, we might say, these things can happen. And he's willing to open the doors of heaven in this day as well as any other time. He's no respecter of persons, is he? The same is offered for us all. But the same requirements are, of course, always there. Faith, desire, belief, hope, trust, diligence. The list goes on. How eagerly do we answer that question and say, Yea, Lord, show me more. This is a mindset that helps us move towards breaking the bands, if you will, of the things that bind us and hold us back. And you know when the Holy Ghost shall come in power to one or to many, whether in a great and and marvelous way or by way of a still small voice, there's no mistaking what it is, ever. There's no mistaking what it is when that happens to us. There's no doubt when that spirit moves. We won't need to dismiss ourselves and go home to pray about it, asking if it was true or not. God does not work this this way. God is not a God of confusion. Section 102 speaks of a promised endowment that will come in time from his house. In this section it says that there has been a day of calling, but then and now we've entered into a day of choosing. I think of this much like I see and we saw in Moses, asking the Lord about creation, asking for more. That was a choice. And the brother of Jared saying, Yea, Lord, show us thyself to me, asking for more. This life is too miraculous. 
brothers and sisters, for us not to seek for more. How can anyone see what science is discovering today and not see the hand of God in it? So many of the scientists are becoming Christians because there's no other way to even consider outside of the miraculous and divine work of God the Father that we have come about and that we are and move and breathe and live as we do. We should look up and seek with earnest desire for all that we can possibly receive. I assure you, as the Lord has said, it will be that the great day of endowment will come. But I also believe that it will not come upon any who are waiting for it to come. It will come and can come quickly and will come upon those who are currently found to be busy in the work. It's an added endowment, enhancement to what's already being undertaken in the work of bringing forth, assisting in the coming forth of the kingdom. God's Holy Spirit stands ready to move in power anytime, any place, for any holy purpose He so chooses. And I've got another question for you to consider. Have you ever seen the Holy Ghost? Have you ever seen the Holy Ghost? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that when you go home. Think back through your life and wonder if maybe just it's happened to you. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, Scott, I, I think I would surely know if I had seen the Holy Ghost or not. And I understand that thought. But then we have that experience in Joshua chapter 6. What is it that happened there? You might remember it, Joshua seeing a man that he did not know, a little ways away from him, walked up to him and asked him as they were preparing for battle. He didn't know this man. Walked up and asked this man, whom he had not seen before, are you with us or against us? Are you friend or foe? And the very minute this man began to speak, Joshua's face was to the ground. The very instant he opened his mouth, he said he had come as captain of the host of the Lord. Instantly upon his speaking, Joshua knew this was not a man, even though he looked like one, just like everyone else in the crowd. And so this captain of the host of the Lord commanded Joshua to take off his shoe. For the place whereupon he stood was holy ground, made holy by the presence of this being. This wasn't an angel. Angels do not allow themselves to be worshipped. They consider themselves to be fellow servants with us. Who then was this? I believe it was the Holy Spirit in human form. Another example, we know that in 1 Nephi 3 and 50, Nephi spoke with the Holy Ghost 
face to face. As one man speaks to another, as you know that story so well, he sought the testimony of his dear father. And so great was his desire to seek and to ask for more, the Lord allowed him to see. The Lord sends forth his Holy Spirit in power, sometimes in the form of a man. And whether in the form of a man or by vision or dream or uh, in the form of a very still, piercing, quiet voice within your mind and heart, we should expect. We should expect and make ourselves ready to receive of this spirit, this shared mind of Christ. Unless we think that there were only a handful of people who the Lord had opened the doors of heaven to. In Ether 5.19, I want to remind you of what it says there. It says, And there were many whose faith was so exceedingly strong, even before Christ came, who could not be kept from within the veil, but truly saw with their eyes the things which they had beheld with an eye of faith, And they were glad. Indeed, the Holy Spirit is for all. Scriptures tell us that every man is given a gift by the Spirit of God. And I believe that. As Christ looked upon that seraphic host of heaven, and as creation came forth through him, it's by the will of the Father And the Son, that even a portion of the mind of Christ has been given to all of mankind who were born upon this earth to know the basics of right and wrong. This Holy Spirit is the power by which all things are, the light by which all other light emanates. It's the force, the energy, and the power by which all things remain in order in creation and by which life comes forth and life is sustained and life will be transformed. It's the source of God's will and the giver of all intelligence and truth and understanding and discernment. Brother Oakman said that all of creation is an expression of the Holy Spirit. But while there is a portion of the mind of Christ given to all, to know right from wrong, to those who so desire, to those who so seek and bow even to have faith and to repent and to be baptized and confirmed by those called men of authority, called by God, by the laying on of hands to To these are offered, dear saints, as you know, a greater portion of that Holy Spirit. An added portion of this Holy Ghost is given to the members of his church. An abiding comforter, advocate, counselor, a giver of strength, a giver of peace in time of trouble. Along with all the other gifts that rain down from the mind and will of God. Mosiah 9.41 says this, Now I say unto you, if this be the desire of your hearts, what have you against being baptized in the name of the Lord? 
as a witness before him that ye have entered into a covenant with him, that ye will serve him and keep his commandments, that he may pour out his spirit more abundantly upon you. There's the promise in doing those things. Why would we not seek this and humble ourselves and ask for more? I hope it is our desire. I hope it is our desire to walk a constant companion with the Holy Spirit of God. Think about that. To walk a constant companion with the Holy Ghost. This is possible. In one of Brother Joseph Smith's Jr.'s Writings, he mentions this. As a result of the proper approach to priesthood office, most of you have this, I'm sure. It's titled The Rights and Spirits of Priesthood, and I'm not going to read that, but hope that you review it from time to time. It's so beautiful and worshipful to read. And he says in there, just one sentence, it says, Let thy soul be full of charity towards all men, and virtue guard thy thoughts unceasingly, then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God, and the doctrines of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. He says, Thy scepter shall be an unchanging scepter of righteousness. The Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion. Imagine that. I believe this was Brother Joseph's experience in this life. I know that many of you can testify of the Holy Ghost moving in some way in your life. And I truly believe that we should expect that experience in our lives. And we should be quick to testify of that and to share that with one another. There's... This is not something, of course, and we know this, this is not something that's given us uh, to convince us of his nearness. No, this is, this is rather something given to those who have already demonstrated to him their belief and their desire to live righteously. But having said all this, please understand that the Lord is sovereign. And by this I mean he's going to do whatever he wants to do. He will move when and how and upon whoever he wishes to move upon, whether we're prepared or not. It's a possibility. Possibly even when you have not been the kind of person you should be. And this is certainly an example of the love of our Creator, a love of our God to so move and lead us in gentle and loving ways, even when we're not worthy of it. He made this clear to me on one occasion. I want to share a testimony with you, part of which has meaning to this theme, but I'm going to share all of it. I've not shared it much, only a couple of times with the saints at South Chrysler. In the year of 1982, I was in an apartment in Austin, Texas, having uh, attended college there. And when this occurred, I would 
had already decided to move and was going to be moving to Independence in just a few weeks or a month, month and a half roughly. I was going to move in with an aunt and uncle when I moved to Independence. I was 21, I think, at the time. My aunt had sent me a letter, and along with it was a newspaper article. The Kansas City Star was reporting on the uh, strong disagreements at that time in 1982 between the liberals and the conservatives, if you will, of the RLDS church. My Aunt Donna wanted me to be sure and understand that I wasn't moving into a place that had no problems. Well, I knew there were problems. I really didn't understand how great the struggle was, but I knew there were problems. On one weekend day, I was in the apartment by myself, and I walked into my room, a little room there with a bed and a desk at the foot of it, and I saw that letter, and I was just standing there. It was very quiet. And I picked that letter up, and I read it again. And I've never been in the habit of speaking out loud or talking to myself. But as I read that newspaper clipping one more time, I just dropped it to my desk. And I said out loud, I said, well, Lord, which is right? the conservatives or the liberals. And I dropped that article on my desk. And much, much, much to my surprise, the Lord answered. And what I believe, I can't prove it because I was the only one there, but I believe it was an audible voice. I heard one word, not at all the answer that I had expected, Not that I expected an answer. I didn't even think he was listening. I heard one word. When I asked that question which was right, the one word answered was, neither. Within the next half second, I found myself very weak. And I had turned very quickly and first sat on the bed, and then I laid on the bed looking up at the ceiling. In that half second, I'm looking up at the ceiling and tears are flowing down both sides of my face because of the power of what I had just felt. Totally amazed and feeling a presence I wasn't expecting. I wasn't even in the attitude of prayer. But it came And then, two, three, four seconds later, this time not audibly, but clearly within my mind, I heard and felt the most beautiful expression of love as these few words came in explanation of the word neither. I heard the words, for each seeketh their own. Now, I've had a lifetime to think about that. That was 40-plus years ago to me. Here was an example of the Lord's Holy Spirit moving upon one who was neither worthy nor living a particularly righteous life. I was not in the priesthood, nor had given any thought to ever being in the priesthood. 
And to this day, I'm still very curious why he shared that with me as he did. The all-knowing mind of God might have known that one day I'd be in a position to share it. Now, my reason for sharing this was not to share so much the message of the testimony, but I will say that I've come to see this as a missing key, if you will, to the troubles that we now find ourselves in, because I believe these words are in reference to the call for charity that we find in 1 Corinthians 13. Again, I'll say I didn't share that part of the testimony with you because of the theme necessarily. But I wanted to try, I won't be able to, but I want to try to let you brothers and sisters know how that felt when I heard that word. For a split second, I was in the presence of something so great and so powerful. For that quick second, it seemed that nothing else, not even myself, existed. And that's just as hard to say as it is to hear. It doesn't make sense, does it? But the power, the presence of what I felt was that. I had heard the word of God, just one word, that quickly. And I felt this tremendous, tremendous power that I can't begin to describe to you. And yet it was full of love. But it was overwhelming to everything. A couple of nights later, as I was walking across a real dark parking lot, taking my laundry to the laundromat at night, very dark, very quiet, I looked up and saw all the stars, and I remember thinking, God, help me understand what's happened. What did I feel? Because when I felt that, none of these stars existed and I know that doesn't make sense to hear years later reading of this particular testimony of Moses in section 22 right there he had expressed what I can say I felt you remember he was in a period of time when he's talking to God I can't imagine that but you also remember he laid still for a long time before he regained consciousness after that experience after that lengthy experience with the Lord as he regained his strength he said now for this cause I know that man is nothing which thing I had never supposed And though I know I have failed at giving you an adequate expression of God's greatness, this is the same power and all-consuming love that towers over all of us continually. A power so great, so vast, so overwhelming, that he can consume it all, all of creation in an instant if he chooses to. But he's a God of love. He's a God of love. And he holds every bit of this in his hands. And there's not a second that goes by 
but he isn't listening to your thoughts. In closing, I want to look at one more verse in Genesis chapter 6, 53. The other day at work, and we have uh, handed out in our branch some scripture cards, and I have those at work, and this verse was on a card. And I had been remembering back about trying to find words of describing what I felt when I heard that one word and was failing and still fail. But I was, had just been rethinking of how that unfolded, and I picked up this card and I read it, and the first three words just hit me. How can this be? This is uh, God speaking to Adam. And he said unto him, If thou wilt. What a beautiful verse this is. If thou wilt. Turn unto me and hearken unto my voice. And believe and repent of all thy transgressions. And be baptized even in water in the name of mine only begotten Son who is full of grace and truth which is Jesus Christ. The only name which shall be given under heaven, whereby salvation shall come unto the children of men. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, asking all things in his name, and whatsoever ye shall ask, it shall be given you. Dear saints, how can an all-consuming, powerful God like this Say to us, if thou wilt. It's because of his love. He's not going to force anything on us. What manner of love is this? I hope this is the desire of our hearts. To humble ourselves before him and to humble ourselves before one another in charitable ways and that we can boldly say to our Heavenly Father Yea, Lord show me more may the Lord bless us as we seek for Him because surely we will find Him thank you thank my brother for those words of truth that he has shared with us tonight. I think he's challenged every single one of us, man, woman, child, in his earlier statement when he said, the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon those who are busy about his work. So that is our, our charge, to be busy about his work in ways in which the Holy Spirit that we take to be our guide can lead and direct us in the here and now. So I hope that we take up that challenge. I hope that your minds have been elevated in the understanding of the workings of the, the Holy Ghost and our um, constant need to take that and, and be our guide in this life to lead us back to our, our Creator and our King. We will close the service with the singing of hymn number 307 in our hymnals. We'll stand for this afterwards. Elder Justin Jones will bring us a closing prayer. Hymn 307.
Almighty God. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The creator and sustainer of all life. Lord, we can barely lift our eyes unto heaven as we sit and we comprehend your vastness, your greatness, how you have created all of these things and even things that are unseen. And yet, Lord, you call out and beckon to us to come unto you. It is your great desire for us to return to you, to dwell with you for all eternity. And who are we, Lord, but a broken and fallen creation? And yet, Lord, you are mindful of every one. And so, Lord, we are so grateful for that call to this gospel. And, Lord, as a band of your saints have gathered together this night to hear your word, to receive of your direction and your guidance. And we are so grateful, Lord, for those words which have been brought forth for our understanding. I pray, Lord, that these words would sink deep within our hearts and our minds and down within our souls. That we would have them to be with us always. Lord, I would ask a blessing upon this congregation that as each one heads out into their various missionary fields, that You will bless them, that You will strengthen their hearts and their minds, and that You will remind them of their testimony which they have of You, and that they might go forth as a light shining in the darkness, that they will always remember Your Son and His gift to them, and that Comforter which has come unto those who have made covenant with You. And so, Lord, I would ask a benediction upon this meeting. And I would also pray, Lord, for the food which we are about to partake in. And in the fellowship which will be had in the moments following, Lord, may You bless us. May our conversation be constructive. May our conversation edify and uplift. May it bring honor and glory unto Thee. For You are worthy. And so is Your Son. And Lord, we thank You so much for that Holy Ghost that has come unto us, that You have allowed to mingle among us. And so, Lord, to this end, I would ask a blessing upon this people and upon their homes. And I would pronounce a benediction upon this service in the name of Your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.